Okay. Keepstar can be attacked. Let's actually review what we have on the field. Uh, you are watching INN special coverage. We have a group of some fine FCs talking us through this battle as it happens in tie-dye. This battle is in 9TAC4RP2. There's the final timer for a Keepstar owned by Horde. Horde is part of the Northern Coalitions. Uh, that's plural. Uh, we'll call them the Northern Forces because one of the groups is actually called Northern Coalition in there. And the North is Northern Coalition, Pandemic Legion, Darkness, uh, or Guardians of the Galaxies, Mercenary Coalition, and Horde. And that's who's fighting up North. They are, in this screen, the Orange. And they are the defenders of that Keepstar. Attacking it are the Imperium. And that is a coalition of alliances that is mostly Goon Swarm, the Initiative, uh, Bastion, TNT, and other groups that have been with them a long time, but they also have Snuff with them that's joined the Imperium relatively recently, six months ago, around then. That is who the fight is against. You're seeing the the Imperium is assaulting the, the Keepstar with fighters, and those fighters were launched from carriers that are docked up on Fortazars that surround this. And real quick, let me announce who we have here. We have... Uh, the former leader of CO2 Gigex with us. We have Mercenary Coalition Celine from CCP itself. We have CCP Falcon. Uh, we have Grath Talcon from Pandemic Legion. We have Harvey Skywalker from the culture, formerly from the culture. He was the CEO for the culture and he is now in Pandemic Legion. Uh, we have Never Convicted from uh, INN Stream Team. He's also former Rooks and Kings. Uh, we have Thalon Cora from uh, NC Dot, and we have Vili uh, from Test. Thanks, guys, again for talking us through this. Yes, uh, I'll basically go over what the how the damage cap works. So okay. basically, the damage cap in time dilation it works on an expanding formula. So if you need ten thousand DPS or incoming damage, damage per second, to uh, pause a timer or to you know pause the repair timer in real time with with a 10% time dilation you would need one tenth of that damage to hit that pause cap so if the time dot tie day is at 10% which we can see it obviously is then you really only need 1k dps of uh in uh, time dilated dps time so if it takes 10k dps to pause a keep star in real time it takes 1k dps to pause it in uh, time dilated time and carrier fleet landing on the grid now. Yeah, we have so, some. Uh, we have, that sorry, means we, they're uh, hard me... committing to uh, ensuring they get it paused at least for now. Yeah. So apparently they're not we have hard some... committing. They're soft committing, I should say. There's some news coming in. Uh, we have uh, word that jackdaws are locked on and doing DPS, and mocks are coming in. Uh, so there is an effort underway to pause that timer. Uh, we're also hearing from lead FC there for Imperium. Asher Elias says, uh, we had a CD chain. It absolutely did not work. And that the Keepstar appears to be ticking faster than real time. Uh, that's kind of a curious thing. Yeah, no idea what's going on there. Do have a little bit of update on TQ, actually. Uh, so it's currently, uh, we're currently still sad 100% CPU on that particular uh 
node um we were at 17 gig of ram that we were using we're actually now using 63 gig of ram okay uh, on, on on one single uh on one single um process okay we are also about to break six thousand people the way the system's climbing for those who were asking in chat um the hardware that it's running on um is actually uh, it's an ibm x240 uh, the CPU that's in there is an Intel E5 2667 V3. So it's a uh, 3.2 gig, 8 core, 16 thread chip. Um, back when we first installed it, it had 128 gig of RAM. Uh, but last winter, we doubled all of our Sol nodes. Uh, so all of the nodes that actually run uh, solar systems up to 256 gig of RAM at uh, 2.2 gig, uh, gigahertz. Yeah, so it's pretty the Keepstar is currently paused. Uh... Just a note there. Oh boy, if it's paused right now, that means they're actually gonna probably, especially with the co committing of the material fleet uh, that you're seeing kind of starting to land in space about your mid left there. Um, that means they will be able to uh, probably buy enough time to uh, get those fighters up there, at which point this is definitely gonna change in terms of how uh, it's gonna work. So yes. if, they, if they have the fighters up there, then that means it's gonna be uh, uh, a, a turkey shoot, but at the same time, uh, throwing bodies. What, what did they call it when the Soviets used to do it, where they would just throw bodies at the problem kind of thing? Oh, the human wave attack? Yeah, the human, like, this will be the fighter wave, and, and you know, human wave uh, is my assumption uh, in their attempt to kill this There's, now. Uh, 11 minutes and 30 seconds left on the timer? Or, no, they paused it with 8 minutes yeah, left, sorry. it's paused yeah. at 8 minutes, yeah. So. Yeah, 8 minutes, 45 seconds. And we also have another jackdaw fleet that's uh, coming off the left side of the Keepstar. That's coming up. Uh, that's actually not too far above the Macarial fleet. This I'm is back repping again. Or it's still paused. Sorry. We're getting reports of seven and a half minutes. Uh, it may be unpaused. Uh, it's possible. If if they didn't cycle the uh, Macarial artillery all at once, uh, all that damage could be uh, inputted on basically the same uh, server node tick. And then yeah, the materials might not fire again for another uh, five to ten minutes. Twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's, it's definitely possible that that would uh, be a thing. Honestly, the, the jackdaw fleet you're seeing on your right is probably the most relevant source of DPS on the Keepstar at the moment. Also, let's just take a moment to do a couple shout-outs real quick. Uh, we've got <laughs> Cloudspit, Anatomy, Lucky Strike, Shakezilla, all with uh, Twitch Prime, and then we have Skeptic Nerd Guy for 35 months. Thank you so much, Skeptic. Okay, once again, we are watching the fight in 9TAC4RP2. That is Cloudring. That is a system in Cloudring that has a staging uh, Keepstar for Horde that is under attack, being defended by the North, being attacked by the Imperium. Imperium, the timer is, uh, the countdown has ended, the structure is now vulnerable, is being attacked by the Imperium, and they have managed to stop the timer by applying enough damage to keep it stopped. It's kind of actually funny, because when you think about it, the fact that the Jackdaws are pausing the Keepstar's timer is like, it, it, it brings me back to kind of like Star Wars Episode Four. Like you've got those X-wings kind of coming in, and uh, you know they're too small for our guns. And uh, <laughs> you know they're they're actually doing the damage that's uh, 
probably the most relevant at this point. Although uh, we're definitely see, starting to see some serious jackdaw wrecks appear, so they're definitely not doing it for free. Isn't there um, the Keepstar's defenses? They wouldn't turn those on because too many of their own guys are nearby. Is that yeah? Un unfortunately, nearby? the point defense system on the Keepstar, while being an incredibly powerful uh, tool, is an incredible liability. Um, it would kill large segments of their own space security features. And the other thing about the Keepstar's point defense system is that it's it's known for having uh, extremely negative server implications. So there's a good chance they activate that point defense system, they crash a couple thousand of their own guys, kill a couple thousand of their own fighters, and achieve extremely little in terms of killing you know jackdaws, which are probably orbiting. I would Looks like local just broke 6,000 guys. Wow, six thousand. So we're definitely climbing a, a, above a you know a great new record that's uh, still climbing and climbing. I'm I'm actually kind of curious to see how it ends up at the end of the day. So kind of just Come bouncing on, boys, around seven thousand. <laughs> so bouncing around to a few different kill boards and taking a look at what's going on on grid. It looks like these jackdaws are being hit by PL ravens and NC materials mostly right now. That's what's causing most of the wrecks. Yeah, I would be really curious to know what level of reshipping capability uh, uh, the Imperium has set up outside of system. If these guys in Jackdaws are going to die and get potted, they'll be back before their next ship is. Uh, uh, how do I put this? I don't they even can... know if it's. I don't even know if it's going to matter, Billy, because like I've, as I said earlier, I've got two accounts in here, and they're one they crash, they don't crash. Some one stays on, one stays off. I haven't had both accounts stay online for more than about seven or eight minutes at a time. So if you die in this and you get potted, I mean, I don't. I think that's going to be a one-way ticket. I don't know if you're going to be able to get back in. I, I don't know. Often as not, the server has a tendency to uh, give precedence or priority to newer load-ins rather than older load-ins in many cases, which is uh, odd, but you know, just kind of one of the quirks of uh, understanding the kind of the quote-unquote lag metagame of dealing with these kind of situations. So, and I mean, even if only every second dude is able to get back in uh, consistently, that, that's still, you know, half that, like, half that fleet continually shooting at that uh, Keepstar is going to be able to do the trick. If, if they have, you know, a couple thousand jackdaws ready to throw at the problem, which w would be surprising, but is definitely not impossible if they really prepared for this. Okay, you're watching. Could, live could we have the cameraman reclick on the Keepstar? Because we're having multiple reports that it's uh, not paused. It just may be. Mm -hmm. uh... It went. Uh, one guy saying he saw it count down to seven o two. Now it's back at eight forty five. Like okay, so it's just uh, different people on. <laughs> so the guy that was talking just hadn't gotten a server tick for basically two minutes. Yeah, yeah I, real time. Guy sent I just... me a. Uh... Sorry, go on. Oh, sorry, yeah, I, I just re-clicked back on it, it's still showing 8 minutes, 45 seconds paused. Well, that's right. Yeah, me as well. So yeah, 8.45 we... is going to be our magic number then? Yeah, it's hard to know which, which you know, is the relevant one. I got a screenshot someone sent me here with 4 minutes 37 repairing, you know, and just, I don't know. 
Yeah, well, basically what that means, if we have multiple reports at 8.45, is that they blew these those guys away. literally hadn't gotten a single server response for four minutes. Yeah. Which is uh, impressive, <laughs> I guess. Now um, they, they got one eventually, though, so or they will get one eventually. Well, remember when after six minutes that you used to get that message like many, many years ago where it's like unbearable lag or something it used to give you yeah. and you would just disconnect or something? Yeah, I hate it. Soul and you click your lag. character to lag, Soul lag crushing back lag, in. Right? That's the old it would message. Just be yeah. black screen for like a half an hour while you're waiting. Please don't shoot me. Please don't shoot me. Never forget head GP dying as I jumped into the other system. We're getting other reports now that uh, the tie dye is not actually affecting staging systems. So, yeah, this uh, node should be entirely on its own. So every yeah. system around this, I would assume, is on probably. I don't want to say its own node, but uh, a series of nodes. So th they should literally be able to die, and the second they're potted, they should be back in with un in under thirty seconds of uh, real time. So that's weird. Do you see the the jacked off fleet on the right side of the Keepstar? The way there's a one mass and then a bunch of it stretched out, like a bunch of people gave commands to move their ship. And a bunch of the ships didn't listen and just sat still. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a pretty standard for uh, Imperium Jackdaw fleet, isn't it? You know, failing to anchor or, you know, guys not act. You know, I it would honestly actually not surprise me if the core of that uh, fleet that's properly anchored on their FC is, uh, you know, got their prop mods on and the back kind of trail there is just people that can't get their prop mod on under uh, the time dilation effects. Like the goon fighters are um, about 200 off the keep star right now, and darkness does have some space superiority fighters, but not a ton right now. So they should be able to start applying the damage to the keep star. I was noticing that it looks like there's a mass of fighters moving down from uh, up the top of the keep star, and I was gonna guess that those are all space superiorities. I just having most of them are yet, just the ones that I'm looking at. Which is a, a really fun mini fight to be in. I've, been in some super carrier on super carrier fights since the changes went through that is so much fun like it's a whole separate brawl that you get in that nobody else on the grid even knows is happening uh, while they're all doing their thing and uh if you win it it becomes super evident really fast because all the other carriers start to die really fast because they're they don't have any weapons left to shoot you with pretty good we have word that reinforcements are coming out of Delve. Uh, reinforcements fleets are finding their way up to staging system, which is J5A. That's found in, that is in Fountain. Uh, there is no tie-dye affecting them, so they should make their way up in regular time. The tie-dye is really only affecting the system where the Keepstar is. That is at 10% its normal time. Where the fight is broken the 6,000, it's broken the record of 5,300. We're now at over 6,000 combatants in system with more on the way. Yeah. I'm expecting 7,000 tonight, boys. Don't disappoint. <laughs> well, your stream chat is saying that NZ committed Titans. I don't see any on grid, but... Still in that warp tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, actually, if... I hate to say it, but Goons definitely, or Imperium definitely made the stronger play by just having those Titans... They do have their Titans logged in, right? I, I can't see properly. Yeah, NC did commit Titans. I see uh, probably about 30 or 40, it looks like, on grid uh, with the Keepstar. Like I don't show any on grid right now, but my client is probably behind. 
I must Titans. have crazy dev hacks. <laughs> so where where are the uh, Imperium Titan forces currently located? Are they logged in? I don't think they jumped them in. The Nixes jumped in here earlier. They jumped 250 some odd Nixes in here earlier. They did jump Titans with them. So if they're not logged off in system, that's going to be a rough entry. Yeah, that's. I, I thought because I saw a picture earlier. I had assumed they had jumped in. Um, if you if you're not preloaded on this grid, that's. I don't want to say it's a death sentence because the tether manic mechanics are pretty uh, favorable. They're, they're definitely uh, a little nicer, but the odds or likelihood you load a million kilometers away from your Sino is uh, definitely not something you would want to play with in this kind of uh, unpredictable uh, lag. And I, I know from personal experience, having your Titan sitting at you know a million kilometers away from your Sino in a safe spot. Uh, under heavy lag, just hoping you know your enemy doesn't discover you and then kill you while you're unable to do anything is one of the worst experiences you can have. Yeah, we have uh, reports of Northern Coalition Titans coming in. At least one yeah. is in system. A lot of them are probably stuck in the warp tunnel. Maybe this is all just a big diversion and the rest of the Imperium forces are headed around the bend. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> to take over Hokonan. I'm trying to count these babies up, but I can see... Probably about anywhere between 30 and 40 uh, NC Titans actually on the Keepstar. I would expect north of 200 before, by the time it loads. You guys, Yeah, they, uh, they keep popping in every so often. You, you guys had what, just shy of 250 for the initial reinforced timer, right? Yeah, and so, then there was a whole week of motivating all the people. Like... Well, I, for both of NC Dot and for PL, a lot of dudes, you know, if you're not using the account, they generally just... Don't keep it sub now with alphas and stuff. It's always sub, so it might be a little different. But like a lot of people don't pay attention to their titans, so there was a week of you know beating the bushes with a stick, trying to wake everybody up. Everybody's like, "Oh, we're going to use our titans for real, for real." I mean, for real, for real, for real. I'm going to go through you know fatigue to move it, so you need to be serious. And so once they figured out it was serious, there was seven days of move ops. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That, that, honestly, mean... even if this fight doesn't. Uh finish uh, with a dead Keepstar. Uh, the fact that you have so many Titans and Supers from both sides in such close proximity is, is probably uh, the most interesting component of uh, the new situation, right? Because that's how the real big fights actually generally tend to happen is, you know, somebody makes a mistake within, you know, proximity of somebody else. You don't get these fights when, you know, everybody's five regions away from each other. and You know, so this, this is definitely... Uh, going to be an interesting new paradigm to kind of see how things play out, even if uh, this fight itself doesn't uh, progress any further, although it, it, the, those fighters continue to move upwards. And there's a really weird stream of jackdaws on the left, uh, unable it's to keep strange, up their right? Yeah, they're on like a really weird conga line, like a really long conga line. That is a picket line, and they are all going to line up <laughs> shoulder to shoulder. So, so my guess with that as well is that they're, you know, the the core center of that little arrow, I guess you could call it, is, you know, you've got, you know, 30% of their fleet that's able to keep up with their anchor, and the rest had trouble getting to, uh, getting on top of their um, anchor, you know, that took however long to get their prop mods ac activated, and once they're activated, they'll stay on, I'm sure, but, uh, you know, it could be a difference of, you know, minutes before your prop mod gets on and thus people are that far behind here is another problem if you look at the fighter swarm that's coming up from the bottom left it is being met by a fighter swarm from the top or from the middle now the spider swarm from the bottom left 
cannot fight other fighters, at least not well. It's, it's built to do damage. There are type of fighters that are specifically built to do damage to other ships, structures, things like that. The orange group of fighters are specifically built to kill other fighters. Those fighters from the bottom left have just crossed a thousand kilometers under soul-crushing lag. They are about to run into a swarm of things designed to kill them, and to call them back now is going to be an excruciating... They're, they're either... They're there. They're committed for the duration. They're, and they're probably going to die in large numbers simply because they're not built to deal with the threat that's in front of them. Yeah. Um, like, as I kind of, you know, the, the examples Grath is citing right now were almost a direct uh, re recollection of a, a battle we had against each other uh, in 37S where, you know, I had sent, or test forces had sent, you know, fighters down to the Keepstar from a Fortizar a thousand kilometers away. And you guys were able to successfully kind of defend the Keepstar to a degree with, you know, 30 carriers, I think it was. Um, you know, the 1,000 kilometer distance they have to travel uh, plus the fact you have to both keep the Keepstar reinforced and try to battle the space superiority fighters yourself, it creates an almost three to one, four to one advantage that the localized space superiority fighters have over the attacking light fighters. So, my assumption is is that those fighters are literally just going to try and um, human wall or human wave, I guess, uh, die, so that the jacked off fleets on the sides plus the material fleet on the left there can be bought time to be not killed by, you know, incoming swarms of fighters so they can be the ones doing uh, the damage on the Keepstar. Because if, if you're relying on those fighters to, you know, be the hammer here, you're probably going to have a rough time, I think. I am really surprised they did not have a conventional carrier fleet that just loaded space superiority fighters as an escort across that thousand kilometers because, I mean, those are things you are there pretty, isn't? I don't, not as far as I can see. Wow, that's a... Uh... I don't see a lot of space superiority fighters from goons either. Yeah, I feel like that was that is a. Th there are some groups who have a serious misunderstanding of the fighter mechanics after the changes and haven't been engaged in enough fights with them to learn from their mistakes. Uh, I guess I would say, and it's pretty telling when you jump 250 nixes in and there's no space superiority fighters to go with your damage, so you basically just sent out a whole bunch of bombers, you know, B-52 bombers with no fighter escorts, and they're going to get murdered by biplanes effectively, because space superiority fighters are pretty weak. They're, they're not super strong in any, in any, by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, a good example would be, you know, as Grath used the example of B-52s, I'll continue it. Um, what, what, what the Imperium has done right now is they've sent... So they've got what? Let's say 500 carriers. So in each of those is going to ro launch roughly three carriers. So that's uh, 1,500 B-52s at their target. And the enemy, on the other hand, is going to have an equivalent number of uh, what would be the Migs. German Migs? Yeah, or yeah, actually, probably Migs would be a good example. Actually, so there's 1,500 Migs bearing down on those uh, B-52s, and um, you know it's it's going to be a wholesale slaughter. Um, Traditionally, when you would do this, you would say, you know, my Nick supercarriers, I want you to send out uh, light fighters. My Aeons, I want you to send out space superiority fighters. So you have kind of a, at least an even mix so that there's some level of protection. But um, if they're going to do it like this, uh, it seems like they're going for kind of the human wave approach, which uh, will buy them some time and uh, is really, you know, it's a workable strategy as some, you know, the gentleman earlier suggested using, doing it with threads. Uh, the question is if they're prepared for a human wave strategy and if that's their actual uh, tactic that they want to pursue here. 
Looks like uh, one of the northern uh, the battleship fleets is moving. What is that? Is that warping in, or is that? <laughs> it looks like it's moving right in the middle of the fighter blob. Yeah, Definitely so coming from it looks like they've warped from somewhere near the top of the keep star position to uh, position kind of in a, a screening role in between the the incoming fighters and the uh, approaching or the defending space superiority fighters. So they they might be setting up to. Uh, uh, try and do that, or it looks like they might be warping in on that uh, small jackdaw fleet that was on the left that we were kind of making fun of it, the arrow jackdaw fleet, I guess you could say. Revolutionary warriors that are all lined up. Sure, yeah. I, I hope they're not smart bomb battleships to... Uh... Oh no, there was way too many battleships there for those to be smart bombs. And again, guys, I'm, I apologize about the camera view. Uh, I do, I'm still trying to avoid <laughs> getting into a better position. I wish I could, but it's been crashing for a lot of people if they're even trying to move it right now. Right, so we're stuck with this view. We can still see what's going on. We have uh, great commentary by Grath and Billy. We also have a lot of great FCs in here, including GigX, Celine. Uh, I almost said Dirk McGurk, but that was a mistake. Um, <laughs> and uh, we also have CCP Falcon, who's given us the lowdown on just how the servers are handling this big fight. It's the biggest on record in one system. Yeah, Sorry, I'm, we, I'm currently um, seeing all of the, uh, all 11 of our uh, space superiority fighters that we have out there. <laughs> I heard oh, from... Dirk, you little snitch. You know, because you had to do all our training stuff for those things. I'm, I'm glad at least somebody over there is a voice of, of sanity and reason. Uh, I heard from Elise Randolph that he shot a Mac and then crashed. So. It should be noted as well, guys, that you now, if you look on the right side, you now have a pretty significant ball of fighters incoming on that jackdaw fleet on the right. Um, that's definitely going to be uh, not good for them, I guess, you could say. Not good for the Max. No, the jackdaw fleet on the right has a group of at least 50 to 100 fighters incoming, looks like, and those would not be space priorities if they're going to be chasing jackdaws, so... Oh, okay. uh, hundred fighters. fighters, yeah, hundred light fighters at least looks like, um, and the com, you know, they should make. I don't want to say they're going to make short work of the jackdaws because you have to individually go through them one by one to kill them. Uh, in most cases, just because the way the fighter damage works is not going to apply well if you're individually targeting. Uh, you know, you're taking your three fighters and you're targeting them on one jackdaw. If you have broadcasted primaries, hundred fighters would choose through jackdaws like nothing. But in time dilation, that's a very, very slow process. And the whole time, those jackdaws are going to continue to apply damage to the Keepstar. So. I'm also super curious as to whether or not that ball of jackdaws that they're moving in on even have responsive clients because the rest of the jackdaws that were part of that group have all moved off and circulated well closer to the Keepstar. That ball has stayed exactly where it's been since it warped in. And no, uh, I, I think that was a separate I, fleet. I think there was three fleets total that were... Oh, that okay. Well, maybe he's just hanging out then. Yeah, no, I think it has moved quite a bit, uh, Graf. Um, it Currently, when I first looked at it, it was uh, left at least uh, 30 or 40 kilometers from where it's at now. Uh, you can see kind of the trail of people, I think, that were unresponsive back at where it warped in roughly on the uh, bottom right of the Keepstar. There's a little ball of... Oh, that's there. okay. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, I see those. I was wondering. I thought that's where the people had moved out of there. Yeah, no, that's where they, they started at, I think, and uh, or very close to it. And... Uh, that's, I think, you've got at least five guys there that are probably in unresponsive states. I also see some blue fighters up there. Does that mean there's some Imperium fighters all the way up there by that jackdaw fleet? I think those might be fighters coming in from different angles. It wouldn't surprise me if there was carriers on Astro Houses that we can't see uh, from some of the other angles. 
Yeah, right now, um, before I was able to stop moving the camera, there was uh, Imperium forces on two other citadels just behind my camera view. Yeah, so they were so fully loaded up there. It wouldn't surprise me if there was ten or twenty carriers on each. You know, several different Astra houses to kind of. So th those, oh Jesus, if those if those hundred fighters are not actually coming at those jackdaws and are instead coming at those like five fighters, that's uh, that's a bit of a miscalculation for sure. Falcon, can you tell us where we are on the server side of things? Oh, I just, uh, Falcon just had to leave. I was just going to post that update. Oh, okay. <laughs> just had to jet off and do some stuff. But I definitely want to thank CCP Falcon for joining us today. Okay, well, we're well past the record of 5,300 people fighting in one fight in EVE. Uh, this is now at, uh, I believe, 6,700 is the last number I have. You can probably see it there on local. Things are moving slow. But they are moving, and we have uh, Villian Grath and others here telling us what's going on. Uh, they're interpreting what they're seeing. We can't move our camera, unfortunately, because we don't want to lose connection to the server. Um, so apparently somebody in chat is actually saying that the Goon Titans are logged in somewhere nearby, and there's over 300 of them. So that would be uh, explain why we're not seeing those uh, on the field now. But if they're not jumped in yet, that was... Uh, I, yeah, that was like I don't know. That that's the thing because my prediction before this fight ever happened is that the most dangerous component of this is when they jumped in, or even as they were sitting there, uh, you get a Titan uh, mass check and uh, somebody ends up bumping 50 to 100 kilometers off the Fortizar. You might not necessarily be in a position to actually protect him with this many people in local. So so somebody did some math. Says it's taking about five minutes per one percent. Uh, so it'll take the Keepstar about eight hours to die at this pace. Where we all told people to get food and fleet bottles ahead of time. <laughs> I'm leaving in like ten minutes. I'll be back in like six hours though. So good yeah, luck. Yeah, I, I also line are a bunch of preppers, man. Well, to be fair, if they didn't prepare for this, uh, the time dilation will at least give them a chance to uh, make up for it. Anyways, that being said, uh, I do have to go. For, I have to do a kitchen inspection here in a few minutes, so I'll be uh, back a little hour after that. But like right now, you're you're looking at. Uh, this ball on the right, and it looks like those fighters are indeed actually chasing after those three fighters just above the Jackdaw fleet, which means you have a hundred different fighters just chasing after two fighters or three fighters. Which Bad is, target management, guys. Yeah, so somebody's not paying enough attention to uh, just sorting by range, I assume, and uh, going after the fighters that are closest, but has now, you know, drawn over a hundred fighters or more. Looks like if you if you look at the center of the blob, you can actually see there, there may be two or three hundred fighters going after those two. I feel bad. Like, Doom Chinchilla makes our systems incredibly complex. Uh, the way we go after targets with those, uh, I feel like... I know we yeah. look like a sieve at this point. Well, the funny thing is, I remember in uh, the Sodio battle up in the drone regions up north, GOTG was actually super, super uh, on the ball in terms of their space priority fighter tactics. They, had, they almost basically set up a space priority wall of, of fighters in, in that battle to keep... Uh, incoming light fighters and space security fighters off of their carriers and super carriers. And here it just seems like a kind of garbled mess of fighters, I guess you could say. Yeah. Especially when they're all the incoming attacking fighters are coming in from that same, you know, obvious direction. We have reports that uh, Darkness and Slice are in uh, Tempest fleet issues and are now coming after the Imperium Macarial fleet. Sure, that'll go great. <laughs> that was Fire. sarcasm. That was go sarcasm. Well, this ain't good. My shiny is DC'd in system, so 
Good luck hunting, fellas. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of we've heard. There's a lot of wave of uh, disconnects. Uh, the servers are running near capacity, if not over capacity. And uh, am I seeing this right? We're back down to 5,600 and so. Yeah, there's been That's a wave correct. of drop-offs. Yeah, so it seems like the server really is having trouble hit, pushing any numbers past 55, 5,600. I mean, it it had that bump there, but uh, I think that's some kind of uh, hidden soft cap or something. Yeah, well, you oh, have sure. an additional three or 4,000 ships with those fighters on right. at the very least. That's what some people. What some people don't uh, maybe not realize about like a carrier. Like for every ship that you fly in, you are flying that one ship. But when you take on the role of a carrier or a super carrier, like a carrier is, you are effectively flying the carrier main hull, and then its fighters all act as independent ships. So you, like for a carrier, you launch three flights. So you are basically controlling four ships at the same time. For a super carrier, you're controlling five. So for well, six counting the ship. So for every super carrier on grid, that's six people. There's 256 nixes just for goons that jumped in here. Uh, multiply that by six, and you realize that there are many more commands being given in the system than just the 6,000 people that were here. And that's one of the reasons they changed from fighter or from the old drone system where carriers could launch anything to fighters was because even though there's multiple kind of like ships in a fighter it's still one model and it's only one entity that the server has to handle so it improves the load a little bit in fights like this oh, we're finding out that a titan from nc dot is disconnected as well uh those well, titans when they jumped in actually i think they created a wave of disconnects uh, as they came in i wonder if that has anything to do I i'm sure there's going to be lots of titan disconnects it's pretty irrelevant unless he's you know a million kilometers away and he's disconnected in which case that's not good. Yeah. Standard process for that is if you're in a fight like this and you're a Titan pilot, when you disconnect, you audibly announce it, even if your FC gets mad over everybody else. And there's usually a guy whose job is strictly to be in a hick and point disconnected Titans or supers so that they do not warp a million kilometers away. Because once they warp over there, they are vulnerable to being probed down and killed away from the mass. Yeah. So, so just to kind of like uh, explain that a little more. So when a, Titan disconnects, basically you lose control of your ship. And what will happen with that is your ship will uh, automatically warp a million kilometers away in a random direction, wait, do the 30 second aggression check and then disappear in space in normal circumstances. If you're aggressed, you'll sit there for 15 minutes of real time space. Um, so what, you know, needs to happen then is, as Greg said, you need a hick or a heavy interdictor uh, on, on your own side to uh, warp scramble you or prevent your uh, warp drive from engaging and um, allowing you to uh, be stuck in position, you know, surrounded by your friendly forces to cover you while you try to get logged back in and reconnect to get back to your ship. And it's just as you had said that, too, uh, a good chunk, actually, I think three or four, and I just saw two more uh, supercarriers um, from NC. Dot looked like they had just warped off as well. It looks like they disconnected. Yeah. That's to be expected, and I... Oh, you got at least one Nix. Looks like he just took a disconnect warp. That's uh, not good. Yeah. Yep. So he may be at risk. The thing is that tie-dye may be better the further you are away from this epicenter. I think, I don't know if the whole system is affected. Well, the thing is, if goons are prepared right now, they've got uh, multiple Sinohic probers, and they've got like 10 dreads for each of them. 
and you know like because that that's i remember we had something like that prepared for a battle not long ago um like literally you know the second they get that pro result on that uh nicks you know you warp the sino hick in on him pop a sino 10 fresh dreads come in and you know you throw like two interdictors with them to throw up some uh interdiction drag bubbles to prevent uh friendly forces from getting to him and he's pretty much dead you guys didn't know this was going to be a comedy show did you billy said goons are prepared <laughs> it's it's possible i've seen that we had to be very careful well here's the thing uh Grath, they got fucking four hours by the time uh for to prepare for that uh, at this at this rate i think that was one of the strategies when they were in hokonin uh it was to create such lag i don't know if they created it but to be prepared the, the lag was going to be so bad that they would be able to pick off nicks as they got disconnected that was part of their strategy well actually back when you know we kind of came up with like myself back when I was with goons, when we came up with waterboarding, you know, the, the, dis the disconnect factor was why that worked it was why waterboarding or basically, you know, trapping your enemy in place and hoping for disconnects, uh, became so prevalent because it's just an effective, effective strategy at, you know, um, trying to find weaknesses when there are very few, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was ingenious. Uh, you've come up with a lot of ingenious stuff. And I've seen the the uh, iterations on stuff that you created earlier on, even lately with trying to tackle these things and kill them when they're off grid, because you get a little more performance out of the computer because tie dye is not as thick where, where if you're off the fight. Oh, hey, that's a good question. Somebody just asked, what is the orange blob down amongst the the Imperium supercarrier is down at the very bottom left of the screen down there where the fighters all came from. It looks that like battleships. Was, yeah, that was a Macario fleet earlier. I don't know if that's the same fleet that was sitting there. And then to the right, or, yeah, sorry, to the right of them was the Tempest fleet. But that doesn't look to be on their Fortizar. It looks like to be behind the Fortizar. So it's I don't really know strange. if that's a random perch or they've they've uh, fished out a bumped-off supercarrier or somebody that wasn't watching the screen and was autopiloting in the wrong direction. But... Uh, I'm interested to see what happens down there. I am curious to see, like, so right now, the Goon Supercarrier fleet is aggressed and detethered on its on its citadel, uh, so they're vulnerable. Look how vulnerable they support. are, yeah. How how vulnerable they are, we'll see. But I'm interested to see what that's doing down there because that could be making a play for those vulnerable supercarriers whose defenses are all a thousand kilometers away. Yeah, something you. <laughs> De de definitely something you, you definitely don't necessarily want to do in some cases. Um, you know, if somebody has a dread bomb waiting for you, perhaps while you try to attack a Fortizar. I'm I'm laughing because this is an exact situation. Grath, really been here before. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been in that spot before, and, and I made the choice not to send my heavy bombers in um, right before you know, 100 dreads came in and order. But that being said. Um, I think a, an interesting play for them to make right now would actually be to warp in on that Fortizar and just try and go for bumps with Macarios, maybe. I don't know if that's necessarily what they would want to do, but it would be different, to say the least. Yeah. At this time, we're joined by uh, E... I always say it wrong, so I'm just going to say Boat. Boat is here. Uh, Hi. Uh, from Australia, right? Yes. All right. Well, we're cracking uh, over... 10,000, close to 10,500 viewers, and we are watching the battle at 9TAC4RP2. That is the final timer. 
for a keep star defended by the north, attacked by the south, which is Imperium on the south. The north is a coalition of NC Dot, uh, Guardians of the Galaxies, and Horde, and uh, of course, Pandemic Legion, and Mercenary Coalition. So we have FCs from around the game, some of the most experienced FCs here, talking about what's going on in this tie-dye fight. Oh, you sitting on the beach? Uh, no, uh, my fiance's at work, so I'm on my her computer just watching you nerds. Nice. Wait, did you move to freaking Australia? No, no, I've been here for a month and a half, and I'll be here about another month and a half. Oh, man, you got to go find Shadu. He can take you fishing. Maybe you can get eaten <laughs> by a shark. Right, uh, we drove down the Great Ocean Road over the weekend. It was fucking beautiful. Hold on, Hold on. let's focus on this fight here. we got people looking at the fight, wanting to know what's going on. Billy's been doing a great job with Grath, telling us what's been going on with this fight. Uh, we're glad you joined this boat. We are just... Uh... Oh, yeah, sorry. We're just talking about the kinds of things that happen in these tie-dye fights and uh, how things can get away from you and people get disconnected in big ships like uh, supercarriers. Well, two interesting things. One, uh, the Keepstar DD'd and only hit max, uh, but they didn't headshot anyone with it, so they can't use it for another hour and a half. And then uh, XIX just showed up, but they're helping PL and NC, and they're in Confessors. Wait, really? did they, de they fire the DD from the Keepstar? Yeah, they fired the DD, but it only hit, like, random max, didn't hit any, like, FCs. So the Keepstar won't even work. Uh, oh, that's cool. I didn't even know it had one for a while. <laughs> so the uh, defense system of the actual structure, the Keepstar, has been fired, and it missed uh, important targets. So they can't use it again in this time for about another hour, you said? Hour and a half? Yeah, with tie-dye, it'll take about an hour and a half. Cause it's a, normally it's a 10-minute cycle, like a DD, but... With this tie-dye, uh, DD timer goes up to about an hour plus. Hey, Matterall, can you adjust Boat down just a little bit, or if Boat can adjust himself down a little bit, he's coming through kind of loud. Oh, one second. Yeah, I, I adjusted him manually for me, but uh, Life Shifter's got the uh, controls. So to break down what Boat just said, the again, the structure itself has a defensive doomsday device, which it fires, and it does a chain reaction uh, uh, usually doing heavy destruction to large super capital ships or capital ships. That was fired, uh, and it won't be fired again for another hour and a half, so um, they won't get another chance with it for a while. It yeah, looks like uh, fleets have been moving around because uh, they're starting to get scattered. It looks like they're taking formation around the structure. Do we know what the structure's at? Last I heard it was at 96%. I don't know at the moment. I, I can't walk onto it. No problem. We, again, are having trouble with cameras. As you can see, other streamers uh, are having trouble as well, and some of them have disconnected. We don't want to disconnect, so we're not touching the camera, but we'll get information from the field, from people on the field, from some of the FCs themselves, and get you up to date on information. 90% uh, is what a lot of chat's reporting right now. Thanks, guys, in, in the chat there. If I can, I'll just do some quick shout-outs real quick, guys. Uh, Huntex, Scotty, Creature, Caravan of Pikes, Wandering Profile, Dark Dragon, Smelly Dank, I'm not going to repeat the rest of that, Cypher, and also Viper, all with uh, Twitch subs and resubs. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, just saw the Jackdaw fleet is going down. I think it's gone. Yeah, like the one on the right side looks gone, gone. Uh, the picket line from the left side, I can't identify anymore. It looks gone, gone too, which would leave the Mac fleet and the fighters being the main damage. And I'm just curious to know whether or not 
the server has caught up. Is it enough damage on the thing yet? Has the server caught up to repause it? I don't uh, feel I, like there's enough damage there on that grid actually applying to the Citadel right now to pause it. But I can, look, looks like there's quite a bit of fighter bombers still on, on actual grid with the Keepstar itself, so maybe they're the ones holding it up now after the Jackdaws have been taken out. There is actually a small Jackdaw fleet on the top left of the um, like the head of the Keepstar that's still roaming around there. That might be what's left of that picket line. Yeah. Uh, we're hearing that the um, 5,900 people in system, just under 6,000, uh, it did peak over 6,000, but there were about three to 400 disconnects. When that happened, uh, those people trying to get back in, it takes them about 10 to 30 minutes to get back in. So Yeah, one guy took a shower. And I see one <laughs> Titan actually warping back to the Keepstar right now, uh, an NC Titan. Yeah, there was a disconnect reported earlier. That might be him. Uh, and... We have uh, still, there still are some fighters that haven't reached the Keepstar yet. Uh, I don't know if you've already talked about those. Oh yeah, there's, uh, there's definitely still quite a bit that's still coming up. Uh, and they're still a lot of ways away. So there must be the ones that are being replaced right now that are making their way back up to the Keepstar. Remember, this is a game played by people all over the world. So time zone is a thing. And uh, it is very late now, or it's getting late in Europe. Uh, and beyond Germany and uh, the uh, Scandinavian countries. And those guys are starting to face the late hour of uh, you know, 10.30 to midnight, and it's going to get even later as this fight goes on. Uh, U.S. time zone is coming in, but a lot of people uh, actually took the day off to play uh, this game this today. Uh, so we may see more numbers gather for uh, U.S. time zone as they come online, come home from work and start to play. Uh, but we still have a lot of people who are not affected by the slowness called tie-dye in their staging systems. And uh, so they're ready to jump in. Some of the biggest hardware the game has uh, to offer has not been jumped in yet, the Titans. Uh, we have reports also that the Imperium has over 300 Titans logged in. And NC has uh, probably an equivalent amount. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more scatter of the fighters on that, especially on the right side now. Um, a lot of them are definitely coming back and waving down towards the Imperium fighters. I think it's the group that actually were taking out the Jackdaw fleet, it looks like, and they're kind of making their way into the main blob in the center. I am seeing a bunch of our guys talk about killing masses of fighters, too, with space superiority fighters. So really what we're seeing here is a fighter-on-fighter -fighter, uh, fight right now to to mitigate the damage that's being done to that keep star. Maybe that's a good point to bring up, guys, like how the how the, the tactics have changed since the MTACO uh, keep star. Like how we actually we saw more ships on grid with the keep star itself then, but now we're seeing a lot more of the uh, caps being basically tethered to citadels and attacking it while at a relative safe distance, so to speak. Uh, one one quick insertion here. We can't get Killer B on uh, today, or it would be a big thing to ask because he is in the middle of <laughs> leading troops in this fight. Uh, same with all the other FCs from the Imperium and uh, Northern Coalition and uh, other parts of um, the Northern forces here. Uh, but I am getting reports from people who are, are giving me information on what's going on there. And the last time I heard from Killer B, it was to park my Titan because I had been bumped off <laughs> the staging Keepstar. 
Uh, okay, so you asked a question. How do the fighters uh, fight each other? Oh, no, no. I, um, sorry. How the uh, Citadel or the attacks on Citadels have changed from our original Keepstar 1. Like, the first one we saw that was actually fit and uh, defended and everything. And MTAC Go. Like, how we saw more ships on grid that time for attacking it. Whereas this time we're seeing a lot more um, difference and change of, like, how it's being attacked itself this time, too. Well, let me ask uh, Gigex. Uh, actually, you may have stepped away. Are you still here? Yeah, this is a window of 15 minutes that he took off. Uh, we'll get him back because he actually has been in the Keepstar as it was attacked, defending it using Doomsdays um, before it was destroyed by uh, Northern Coalition and PL. I believe it's an attrition thing, right? Like, if you were to put ships on grid in close proximity to the Keepstar, you have to replace each one of those ships as it dies. Uh, carriers and supers can hold extra fighters besides the ones they launch. So if you were to lose your entire flight of fighters, you can resupply it without having to leave the system. It may take days to get it across the yeah. grid. I was going to say, you got to transverse that 1,000 kilometers again. But at least you don't have to leave the system, reship, and try and get back in the system. You are still here uh, holding your place. But again, I haven't like the pretty much the M dash O Keepstar was the last one of these large fights I have had any part in. Sort of a couple rumbles with Tess down south, but just not. Yeah, uh, I, I just don't feel like I don't feel like anybody wants to. You you would burn an amazing amount of subcaps trying to do this. Right. So I, I just got a fresh numbers. Uh, these numbers are probably a little. Uh, low. It's hard to tell what information is is correct because the server is ticking away at a slow rate, and this uh, website that we use, a third party website, isn't able to handle the quantities it's getting. There are so many people fighting in this fight, but we have uh, 5,400, uh, actually 5,500, um, with uh, a thousand five. Sorry, 1,500 from Goon Swarm, uh, and 900 from Pandemic Horde. And for this is surprising for NC dot there's over 550 combatants in Nitec four. Look at how fat you guys got. <laughs> That's all muscle. That weight uh, gained five thousand working hard. <laughs> I'm an NC dot and I still have not entered the Nitec four. I'm still in staging. Uh, so yeah, these are these are big numbers. Pandemic Legion turning in a respectable 220. Uh, but you're being overshadowed by darkness has nearly 300 people in the fight. I'll take, you know, slightly under 10% of the 3,000 man alliance, you know. Yeah. Well, Initiative's got uh, close to 200, and Bastion has about 150. Uh, and you have um, TNT at about 115. I think they've lost about 30. They must have been killed. They must have been killed. Maybe they're part of the discos. <laughs> yeah, I'm DC'd. <laughs> I've been trying to get back in for the past 20, 30 minutes and just nothing cycling on the loading screen. All right. Well, I've got to run, Matterall. Thanks for having me on the show. If you're still doing this in five hours, I'll be back. Well, we just might. Thanks, Grath, for <laughs> totally making the beginning of our show. Really appreciate it. It'll be I, I can almost guarantee that uh, something related to this will be going on in five hours. I'll see y'all later. Because you got to remember, right? No, no matter what happens here, whether this thing dies or it doesn't die, right? I mean, you know, there's extraction going on. There's everything else that still has to come after a battle is over. 
Gigax, tell me when you get back. I should probably send you a text message. Uh, so, okay, so Grath, thanks again. He's taken off. Uh, Vili is taking a break. He'll be back in an hour. Uh, we have other FCs. There's uh, a lot of movement going on within troops, commands being given, people moving around. So a lot of the guys that we have in here that are helping us out are listening to their orders as the battle progresses. All right, once again, you're watching live coverage of a fight between the North and the South, and that is the Northern Forces of Northern Coalition, Pandemic Legion, uh, Guardians of the Galaxies, or Darkness, and um, Pandemic Horde, as they defend their structure, a Keepstar, in its final timer against the Imperium uh, and Snuff and Initiative, who are their Imperium allies. Actually, part of the Imperium. We have reports that DRF, which is a neutral party, has uh, participated on the side of NCPL with a small fleet. They may be third partying. Uh, we, we can't confirm that they are throwing in with anyone. And they certainly aren't throwing in with any big artillery. This looks like a small fleet that came to get some kills. We had CCP Falcon in here with us. And he was telling us at the time when the battle was kicking off just a few minutes ago, the server load, and it is a reinforced node, uh, was at 100% CPU, so that's a, that's a peak. And uh, they did have a full 17 gigs of RAM fill up right away, so they changed to 64 gigs of RAM, and they're obviously making more adjustments to accommodate the fight of this size. The peak that we've seen, and this is a new record for EVE, uh, I believe was over 6,000 combatants, and we'll get a report from CCP after this battle is over, giving us all the details on just how big it was. It'll be, really, Go ahead. it'll be really interesting to see just how many individual people there were. We know that at um, probably about 45 minutes ago, there was a peak of just over 6,000 people. But how many unique characters have been in the system, 9-TAC-4, um, throughout the fight? And how many are involved in skirmishes in the surrounding areas as people try and bring in more ships to um, bolster their numbers? I would assume that would break 10,000. Lots of people around. Yeah. You know, what concerns me a little bit, you know, since we had those disconnects and things like that, um, you know, at least in terms of the numbers and system, it sounds like, uh, you know, some of that blue fighter blob, some of the, you know, some of those fighter blobs just are you know, around in there, whether or not those are all moving, right? Those fighters could be uh, waiting for their, waiting for their uh, ride to come back online. Right. And you can't uh, discount the, uh, multi-boxing nature of EVE as well. There are people who play this game at very high level of efficiency, and that means they have three or four game clients open, and they play three or four characters at the same time. And there's a lot of people at this level doing that. So uh, those numbers will go back and forth, and we'll find out uh, later on what that's like. Uh, a lot of my uh, mates who are longtime players inside of Destructive Influence uh, Corporation, and that is part of Northern Coalition, have multiple Titans themselves. Um, they have, they're, they're fighting on a sub-cap level and ready to go at a super-cap level and even Titan level at the same time. And there's a lot of those kinds of groups here, including in the Imperium. You know, for some people out there who may not be familiar with, you know, tie-dye and how slow this could be, you know, yes, it is absolutely creeping along out there and whatnot. However, this is a known mechanic in this game. It has been around for, it has been around for a while now. Um, when, 
when we as players decide that we are going to bring this many things to a fight, um, we know what we are getting ourselves into. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a hell of a lot better than what it used to be when basically the whole thing would just crash. Definitely better than that. What it was then, uh, for sure. I, I used to remember the old messages when you would just get this: the server is under too much load, or I can't remember what the exact message was, but they would basically get that and crash repeatedly. Soul crushing lag. Yeah, the soul crushing lag. The CCP's credit, they've done an amazing job kind of scaling up the numbers of people that can be involved in the system. You know, a couple of years ago, when you had about 4,000 people in the system, that's when it hit this breaking point. Right now, we made it, uh, we peaked at over 6,000. But the players, we just keep finding a way to put more and more people into the system because that's the way to get an advantage. And until hardware keeps improving, I think players are just going to keep finding that breaking point. Well, that's just it, right? You know, as they have made it better, we have said, okay, then we'll, yeah, then we can, we can bring more. And in Eve, if you can bring more, you will bring more. Well, that's the point that, uh, is it Lug TV just said? And I agree with him. There is a case to be made that the crashes were actually better than tie dye because tie dye has created this, these monster fights that we're seeing today that are really good to, read about and they're really good to hear about and this is why we're talking to you guys about what's going on in real time as you can see they're not that much fun to be in because everything takes so long and you're trapped in your chair for six seven hours so the the craziness of the crashing of uh servers was actually something no. that no no fleet could count on you didn't know if it was going to happen or not and you wouldn't know who could log back in so it was a real wild card in fights and sometimes that made for some interesting results but at the same time, it was a mitigating factor for these oversized fights. Uh, so what you saw were smaller, more uh, manageable fights of 200 to 400 people more often. I mean, there's a, I don't know. I, I would have to say that there's a, a, a huge, a huge difference between, um, you know, between being completely disappointed in a fight that, you know, what uh, basically broke down to as you jumped in, you completely black screened or just completely went when haywire over everybody is playing at the same slow speed all right we have gigax back i want to like throw it to him because he is somebody who's been in this situation inside of a keep star defending it from uh, aggressors how you doing gigax i'm fine welcome back uh real quick i just want to say that boat stopped by to say hi he's in australia so hi to you guys from boat uh and um, we are giving Vili a break. And Grath has taken a five-hour break. Vili will be back in a few minutes, probably in about 30 to an hour. Uh, and so I want to turn it over to Gigax and talk about um, you defended the first Keepstar that was actually fully operational. And it was attacked by the Northern Coalition and PL and those guys in the north. Well, the first time I was... Basically, if FK is sitting on a keep star, the second time I was trying to defend, but well, it was also used the same tactic like now with long range fighters, so we were not prepared for that. But well, the third time, uh, well, the last time for keep star, well, it was hard to control a keep star because it's basically, uh, well, when you turn all those models, well, in this case, um, the core they're not using point defense batteries because they have a friendly ships around, but uh, well, I was trying, well, we were not planning to jump because of tie-dye 
and I would know that uh, Keith Star is gonna die because, well, like I said before, uh, it's impossible. Uh, well, especially when fighters are around the Keith Star to defend that, that Keith Star will go down. Only defense are hostiles. I mean, attackers are willing to stay there for next seven or eight hours to kill that. Right. The only problem uh, for the gunner is if he lost connection in this tie-dye. I mean, I lost uh, two-time connection and uh, well, I needed to wait for about, well, let's say, 45 minutes every time to log back. But as soon as I log back and sit on guns, then I'm missing a bunch of modules, so I needed to relog again. Because, well, exiting a gunner's seat and coming back, that's something impossible. I mean, well, you're never going to get back on seat if you try to do that. So probably after third relog, so that means that I needed probably two hours to third time login. Well, then I saw the guns, but well, since point defenses are working all time, even without gunner active, the capacitor is basically low. And um, well, for those seven, eight hours in Kipstar in MTECO, I was probably able to fire Four, yeah, four or five doomsdays, and that's it. Wow. What right, did the you doomsdays focus were effective. those doomsdays on at the time? What's hmm? that? What was your? I was just saying, what what were you focusing those doomsdays on at doomsdays on at the time? Well, basically focusing on uh, hostile FCs, the headshot FCs. I mean, I was, I know that I was trying to headshot Vince when I saw him on grid, but as soon as he saw that. I'm aiming his legion. He jumped out from his ship, and well, I think actually you didn't you wipe out uh, a bunch of darkness dreads. Yeah, they jumped about I don't know ten or or twelve dreadnoughts, and well, signs there was no uh, other bigger ships uh, active around them. I fired Doomsday, and I think I managed to kill six. Six, yeah, that's pretty good. Well, what uh, in this situation, the um, what what kinds of things you think are happening uh, with FCs? Like, what kinds of considerations outside of attacking that thing are they thinking about? Like, how many different things you have to think about, basically? Uh, well, you mean on this situation right now, or mm -hmm. this situation now? Oh, I don't know. Well, it's risky for both sides. I mean, well. Shame that dread bombs are not working well under heavy tie dye because, well, all those uh, super carriers and carriers from um, attackers have their fighters on Citadel. But if you are able to drop a dread bomb, those carriers are vulnerable and, well, you can attack them because only way that they can defend themselves is, well, drop um, bigger guns like Titans or even a counter dread. But, well, they, or they will need to abandon their fighters and defend themselves, which means that uh, defenders will be uh, able to deal only with subcaps around, or maybe just to focus their uh, space superiority on uh, fighters that are active around Cape Star. But well, and well, of course, uh, if attackers do something like that and counter drop with uh, bigger guns like Titans, well, then the defenders have ability to drop their bigger guns and uh, uh, deal also with subcaps that are around. 
like um, using a GTFO or maybe even lensing them. But that will be then more easy. It will be less damage uh, provided on Keepstar. And maybe there is a possibility to even defend it. Because, well, if supercarriers abandon their fighters, well, then it's really pointless to launch them again and start moving 1,000 kilometers toward Keepstar. But like I said, I mean, under heavy tie-dye, uh, it's only possible to kill a Keepstar. I mean, especially uh, when there is a heavy tie-dye and when timer is paused. So oh, I'm pretty yeah. much sure this will go down if attackers are planning to sit there for seven, eight hours. So you think you think the Imperium can take this down? Well, if they're going to sit, I mean, it's still seven, eight hours. Time zone is already early U.S. I mean, Europeans are going to sleep, and, well, tomorrow is working day. So it's not a uh, weekend, so it's possible. Well, I don't know. It depends on the will of each side, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but we understand it is, uh, oh, it looks like a bubble is springing up there on the left that is to trap uh, some ships so they can be killed off by whoever released that bubble. And the uh, Keepstar is continuing to be assaulted. Uh, do we have any kind of damage uh, report on where it's at now from the field? Someone said 87%. Um... So Keep under 90%, structure. yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, the real thing is the uh, can they keep the damage cap high enough to keep the timer paused? And for those of you that uh, aren't familiar with the mechanics at work here, we have a battle station called the Keepstar that has a final timer, which means uh, this is its last chance to stay alive before it's repaired or destroyed. And it has 15 minutes of vulnerable time that ticks away in real time, even though everybody's fighting at 10% real time because of server lag. Uh, it's actually not server lag. It's called time dilation. And that is uh, a mechanic that makes everything go in order, but it slows everything down at the same time. So there is no, um, well, it's just a technical thing. There's no lag, but there is time dilation. So the 15 minutes have been ticking away. It can be paused, however, by a certain amount of damage that's done to it uh, and you have to keep that damage ratio up so the imperium is trying to apply damage at least to meet its uh, minimum requirements to keep that timer paused and at the same time they're doing damage to it uh, it is losing it is its structure uh, and it's now gone down from 100 percent to a little under 90 percent but the real key here is to keep it paused so they can have more time to apply more damage. And the defense is trying to wipe out the fighters that have been deployed and the small fleets of small ships that are attacking it now. They're trying to wipe out all those little fleets and fighters to lower the damage, uh, to get it under the damage cap, because once that happens, the safety timer starts to tick away again. Right now we're seeing tie-dye at uh, technically 10%. Uh, there is some rumors that it actually goes below 10% of real time, but uh, I think it's actually 10%. I don't know how the servers work. That is a very technical question, but we assume it's 10% real time. So everything that takes 10 times longer than usual. So ProGod was on this show before. He got called away by 
we believe Canada's national news to talk about Eve because this is such a big occasion. As you can see, we have over 10,000 people watching this stream, uh, trying to get information on what's going on in there. We have thousands more that we are typing to inside of discords and uh, uh, we are uh, trying to get as much information out about this fight as we can. Uh, Pro God went out to be interviewed and he uh, uh, should be back at some point soon, but uh, that's pretty good. You can see the interviews are being uh, put into chat there. It's definitely awesome that he got uh, he got that interview earlier. It's really cool to hear him when he was talking about it. He's like, "I just got comboed by these people." What? Yeah, it's pretty cool when things happen live and the the people who are in the middle of it are you know with us and talking and stuff like that. It's uh, it's a nice little thing. We're all a part of it when that happens. Uh, but hopefully, we'll have him back now that his interview is over. Uh, we also have uh, Otto Bismarck might be joining us in just a second. We will have Vili back in a few minutes, and he'll talk us through what's going on on the ground and some of the theory that's being applied because he is an active uh, FC for test, and he's aware of all these uh, tactics and strategies that are usually implemented. There's Otto Bismarck joining us. He is from uh, former PL. Actually, Ray Koku for a long time uh, in Pandemic Legion. Uh, goes way back to Bob, actually. And uh, is now part of Northern Coalition. Otto, are you there? Well, he's on three different comms, so once he gets himself work, uh, worked out, and we'll have him on in just a second. Fel, were you going to say something? Last I heard, the Keepstar is about um, at 85% of its whole timer. So once that... At zero, it'll be destroyed, and it has um, the minimum required to be paused, um, so that it's gonna they're gonna be able to keep shooting it until they destroy it. And uh, right now, if they continue at the pace they're gonna be at, it'll take around eight hours. So um, there's lots of time for people, more people to get on. Some people are gonna eventually have to go to work; they'll have to drop. That's a big factor in the fights here because you know it's really a test of endurance. How long can you have your fleet? sit at your computer to start um we started forming about three hours ago so we've been here for three hours there's a definite possibility we could go for eight plus more that's just until the keep star gets destroyed and then at that point you have to deal with how are you going to extract your fleet because once the keep star is destroyed you can all start shooting each other and that's a huge amount of dps that was previously used on the keep star that'll be used on other players so it could take much much longer you're saying eventually I'll be able to log back in. Eventually. That's the plan, hopefully. Drunk Canadian from TNT. What happened? Did you get disconnected? Yeah, I was in one of the smaller support fleets, and uh, we were kind of hanging around outside of the main system doing our thing, and then uh, somebody called us to come in, and that's when everything went to uh, the shits. Yikes. Well, I'm currently uh, at 25 minutes of remote service call fail. Were you uh, okay? So yeah, we know that logging back in takes 10, 20, 30 minutes. So it's a terrible thing to get bumped out. What um, what happened before you got logged out? So we were just so I, obviously this note is reinforced. Things outside of the system were running great. We were just mopping up reinforcements or guys trying to get in late. Um, I 
believe there's still people out there doing that, but for whatever reason, our fleet got called off that detail. And uh, other than that, there wasn't too much going on outside. Right. Outside staging isn't affected by tie-dye, so everything's running normal. What, what was the temperature of the people? Uh, everybody calm or people excited? What's going on? Um, well, I was in no chatter because I, I don't like to hear the riffraff, but uh, the FC was keeping it cool. And uh, it was pretty calm for more, more or less of the, the entire time. Yeah, what about the other side? Uh, Thel, are you listening to comms? I am. Um, you know, things are pretty good. FCs are keeping people engaged. A lot of the thing is, you know, keeping people from walking away and just, you know, getting sucked into whatever else they're doing at the same time just because of how long, you know, your guns take to cycle. And you have to keep people persistent with locking modules and make sure you're following targets. Yeah. Um uh, both sides seem up to this fight, and I think they're proving it now. We have uh, we definitely the fight has actually happened. There is no blue balls here, but yeah, it was looking a little uh, a little like it wasn't going to happen when it was like ten minutes in. People were calling it early. Oh, I guess the Imperium's not showing up, but clearly it's uh, it's going down. Uh, it is, and they managed to stop the timer, and that's really the key. If that timer can stay stopped, that then it becomes a fight of endurance. How long can you keep your guys active and fighting and actually armed? And so I'd say this just... fight is really up in the air uh, right now. There's no, there's no clear indication uh, of a winner. It's really just a matter of will to fight and uh, strategy, and not much strategy can be applied... Uh, that I can see at this distance, we'd have to know from the field what's going on uh, on the ground and if anything significant is happening. It does seem pretty even to me right now. Um, I think the northern forces are mostly focusing on trying to take damage off the field so that they can either slow or hopefully get the um, repairment timer started again. And um, the southern forces led by goons are just trying to make sure that they can keep um, reshipping people because as soon as somebody dies, if you can get them back on field and keep up that damage, that's a huge advantage to not have the attrition taking down your forces. And also, just another quick note, we did just dip for just a moment here. We dipped under 5,000. It looks like it's going back up, and we just went back over 5,000. Oh, I'm logging in. Yeah, so it looks like the clients are actually allowing people to come back in now. <clears throat> Well, uh, we have reports that the C, the uh, Imperium, the South, has 300 Titans online. They are waiting, uh, and they will wait until they're called in. And on the northern side, we have uh, roughly equivalent. I don't know what the exact number is there. Uh, and those Titans will stay out of the fight until they're needed, and they may not be needed. Uh, and those are the ones we're watching. Those will be what... Uh, would shift this into a, a cataclysmic event if those things get involved. Okay, I think I can hear you now. Hey, Otto, how are you doing? I'm lagging. Okay, uh, Otto Bismarck is uh, Australian time zone uh, player for VDD, Van Diemen's Demise. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. I, I actually applied for that corp to get into NC. Um, 
before I withdrew and, and went uh, into a different corp for uh, personal reasons, there was my old CEO in a different corp, so I went to follow him. Uh, but I like that corp a lot, especially because uh, you guys had the uh, FC that I liked a lot, um, which was Dark Razor, who ended up working for CCP as CCP Larrikin. Rip, Dark Razor. <laughs> Rip. Um, so what's your assessment of the fight uh, on the Northern Coalition side of things? Um, I don't know. It's, it's like super hard to tell from like my position right now. Um, but like, I don't know, at least we're fighting. Um, it was pretty interesting when um, we sort of, the fighters sort of caught up and everyone sort of on our side popped space, space priority fighters. Um, we lost a thousand people from, uh, from local, so... That's uh, pretty sort of. I don't. I don't want to say it's telling or anything, but like we're definitely pushing the hardware of this server to its limits. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny that some people in chat uh, were complaining about CCP's servers and hardware, saying like, "Why would they even allow this amount of gameplay if they can't handle it?" But I find it hard to find another game out there that allows this many people ever to do anything. So it's pretty impressive this is happening so- at all. Yeah, like, like if you look at, like, you know, say, like, games like, I don't know, honestly, Battlefield and even, like, say, PUBG to a certain extent as well. Like, you know, PUBG allows 100 Battlefield and 64 versus 64. Is that still a thing? Yep, like, and know? even those games are turbo laggy with that few people. The fact that they have <laughs> data to make this work is actually a pretty pretty cool thing. Yeah, and definitely. And, like, as well, um, you know, it's not like we're all flying around with one, so you know, like in Battlefield, you fly around with like one person, or you drive around with one person with one gun or two guns type thing is, you know, we have super carriers here that not only have to deal with like the super carrier itself, but then you've got the, the firefighters that are launched. So there would be, you know, in the bubbles and all of, all of that stuff, the projectors, there'd be easily like probably 25,000 plus objects on this group. That we're fighting over. Oh yeah, easily, easily, and all the calculations for each one—like it's a lot of work. You also see it. It looks like a battleship fleet in the middle of the uh, left side there. That's making its way towards one of the other. Uh, looks like the other Macario fleet, or what's left of it, anyway. I think those are the uh, NC Macarios there. They were killing fighters. So what's the NC strategy here? Are they killing fighters as quickly as possible to take the heat off the timer? Um, I would think that's what you really have to do. Like your priority is just to save the keep star as well as you can. And if you're able to remove DPS, however, um, you're able to. Um, the other thing you could do would try and be get the uh, go after the supers that are launching the fighters, but that's a risky move, especially because they're sitting on a friendly Fortizar. So you lose kind of that element of safety that the keep star and tethering gives you. Right. Locals back under 5,000 again. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a bunch of Intel, but I can't really figure out if it's real or not. So I'll hold on to it. But, um, yeah, so right now we have basically a subcap engagement um, to some degree. We also have supers, or do we have supers that have released fighters, or are those uh, 
carriers that have released fighters. I think both sides have supers on field right now. That's right. We actually did put in uh, uh, supers. So it's uh, super fighters. Those are fighter bombers. Those are the heavier fighters are deployed from the super carriers. Uh, and they are the ones attacking each other or attacking the uh, structure itself. The supers would have launched space superiority fighters, which um, don't do as much damage as fighter bombers, um, which can either be long range or shorter range. And <clears throat> space superiority fighters are meant to attack other light fighters, and they're very good at that. Um, they get a lot of applied damage very well, and they're fast, which means that they can catch up to other fighters um, easily. And so they would be going after other fighters, just trying to clear the damage off the Keepstar. And if you kind of look at it um, compared to what it was an hour ago, there are definitely a lot less fighters on field. Yeah, so I'm finding out that someone uh, within the Imperium warped a horde fleet off the Keepstar because it was he had a spy alt that got handed boss of the fleet. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, somebody uh, had a spy inside a horde. They handed him uh, fleet boss. And that gives him the command to fleet warp. So he took all those guys away from the Keepstar fight. Well, we know it wasn't Boat. because He's he's on vacation. Right. It's interesting. So NCPL managed to get Goons to sign on to the Keepstar. And then Horde gets them off. Or, or then Goons gets Horde off the Keepstar. Somehow I think the trade-off wasn't equal there. I think people are burning spies for uh, for to make some plays. Yeah, I think tactically, um, goons losing four nixes. I mean, you don't know, you never really want to lose supers, but four nixes in uh, this fight isn't that much of a number. But getting a whole fleet kind of off the keep starts the same thing with the um, new GTF or the GTFO module that's going to be updated in the new patch. Getting people back on to the grid in this kind of fight where it's ten percent tie dye takes a very long time if you're able to get them back on at all yeah, yeah like, like the amount of disconnects that fleet warp's going to cause and then getting them all organized again and getting them back is going to be a while yeah like the isk difference between the four nixes and the horde fleet you know might be massive but the significance you know the the, the fact that the horde guys you know everyone's trying to get rid of the uh, the uh, the horde and plnc trying to get rid of that imperium damage you know that horde fleet would have been nice to nice to have that still here you know helping out with the uh, the shooting. Well, and somebody called it early. There was going to be lots of mistakes on both sides. So at least now we're up to two. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, quick recap of events so far. Uh, this is a record-breaking fight happening in 9-TAC-4 RP2. The final keep star for final timer for the keep star that belongs to Horde is being attacked by the Imperium, being defended by the Northern Powers. We're seeing subcaps, fighters um, duking it out, uh, Titans on standby on either side in their staging areas. Uh, and for the north, that's X X7, and for the south, that's J58. Well, there is also possibility that even if NC and PLC are all those uh, goon fighters, then, then this possibility. Can you can you someone... get closer to the mic? It's hard to hear you. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, like you said, there is always possibility that even if uh, they clear the attacker fighters from Kickstarter, that well, the spy think that there is someone in Horde or some other alliance are also attacking uh, Kipstar. Because, well, uh, as Gunner, well, you have a um, million notifications and it's easy, uh, it's really hard to to catch who is shooting on Kipstar. Yeah, uh, Lifeshifter, do you have any uh, indication on how damaged the Keepstar is at this point, where the timer is? Let's get an update on that. Uh, timer right now is still stuck at 8 minutes and 45 seconds so far. I haven't seen it budge up or down, um, as previous reports had stated. But uh, so far it's been pretty much stable right there. I can't see what the actual damage is on it, unfortunately, because it's right in the middle of the, the red blob. So I, and I can't lock it or anything, so it might have to come from somebody in chat. Chat's saying 84, 86% in that area. So it's definitely been taking some damage, steady damage. Um, it might not be hitting damage cap, but it's definitely, it's definitely taking a, a beating still. Well, it does look like the Imperiums are actually giving it an effort. They're they're out to, uh, they're out to damage that thing until it's destroyed. The question is, can they keep enough damage on the field to do that? It seems so far that they've been doing a really good job of reshipping and getting people back on field as they die. So they have a continuous kind of like wave of ships going at the Keepstar. And if they manage to keep this up, which is going to be the big question. One thing is they're kind of far away from, um, uh, where do they live now? Is it uh, Fountain? Well, they're in J5A, yeah, that's Fountain. Yeah, uh, they're kind of far away from Fountain. So I don't know how much ships they have stockpiled up here, but um, if they're able to keep bringing in new jackdaws or new materials from their staging and keep damaging the keep star, they'll be able to whittle it down eventually. Yeah, the other, yeah, I mean, the the other th thing we, we could take into effect too is uh, if there is any uh, titans on the on the J5A, they could be shotgunning them up too. That's definitely yeah, true. And of course, everywhere else other than 9.4 is running at full speed, uh, we would assume. So actually, you know, it's like they can reinforce themselves in the blink of an eye, you know, relatively to the, uh, the, the fight that's ongoing. Right? Yeah, I think J5A is five jumps away as uh, uh, yep, Marmalade <laughs> says. Five, five, or six. five or six jumps, right. Actually, you're very familiar with the area. This was the area that you owned before as CEO of the culture. Yeah, I mean, we, we lived in J5A for probably two years, uh, possibly. Um, yeah, I know this area very well. This is, you know, my backyard out in Cloudring here. We never actually uh, took any SOV, um, maybe like the one token system, uh, BTEC-D, which is just the, the first system into Cloudring from Fountain. But uh, we always used to mess around out here and come and have little little scraps with Horde now and again. Um, yeah, I know the area very well. Uh, hey, real quick, uh, Matter. I was just going to throw something real quick. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of people in the chat that have never played EVE and don't know what's going on, especially with uh, the tie-dye and why it's so slow. So I just wrote up a quick thing on Google Docs. I'm going to link it in the chat. So mm -hmm. that way you guys don't have to keep answering those questions, and I'll just kind of relink it every now and then. So that'll kind of give them why is the FPS so slow and also just in general what's, what's happening here. That's really nice of you. If you could link it a few times in case people miss it. Yeah. Chat is moving like a river. It's very fast. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep relinking here and, here and there. And also, uh, guys, only click on it if a moderator posts it. That way you don't get, like, rickrolled or get dick butts or something like that. So, <laughs> I personally like getting rickrolled. Thanks, uh, Drayden. Thanks very much. 
And let me know how, how I sound on stream, guys and gals. I, I had a few people mention that I was a little bit low. Compared to everybody else, you are a bit low. Right, and we have been trying to uh, break it down for people who are interested in EVE, but uh, look at this mess and say, well, what's going on in this game? All I see is a bunch of dots. Uh, some of them are strobing across. Like, what's, what's actually happening? To people who play this game, there's a lot happening. There's a lot at stake, and this is a very unique moment. It's only happened a few times when you have battles this big. This is actually the biggest battle EVE has ever seen. The amount of... Uh, the amount of assets in the game that are at risk is very, very high. I can't put a dollar number on it, uh, but it certainly is uh, way up there with, um, with the amount of hardware that's even on hold that isn't in this fight yet. I'm sure it reaches uh, way past $300,000 worth of uh, time and money, basically. There is an exchange right there that's kind of strange, but yeah, it's, it's a lot at stake. Um, it's, this battle is a collision between the Imperium of the South and the Northern forces of the North. Uh, and those are different allies, groups of allies, different coalitions actually that have bonded together to help defend this fight. But uh, what this really is at the bottom of it all is a show of force. And we're, we're seeing two immovable objects or irresistible forces colliding. Uh, and we're, we're looking to see how this plays out. Yes, I did take that from DC Comics. Uh, but it's necessary to give uh, people who don't know this game an idea of what's actually happening here. Uh, okay, I fixed at, that. Sorry, oh, I fixed sorry. the link. It was set on. It, it didn't allow uh, more than like X amount of people to look at it. So now it should be on public internet so everyone can look at it now. And Thanks. And we are hearing that the oh, Starbase structure has dropped to 83%. Uh, that, is, that is a number that is uh, expected. What what the real key to this fight is going to be is can they keep its invulnerable state at bay by applying a certain amount of damage every round uh, so that it doesn't uh, start to repair itself. Because once it hits uh, less than eight minutes from now, it finds invulnerability status and all the damage goes away. The DPS that goons have... The DPS that goons have been doing, it does seem like that has decreased a little bit. Um, they're still obviously at enough deposit, but I don't believe they would be at damage cap right now. Which, um, for those who don't know, there's a maximum there's a maximum amount of damage that you can do to a citadel. In this case, a keep star that kind of limits how fast you can kill it, and that um, I believe does not scale with that. Yeah, I know it's been billed as a million dollar fight. And I guess if you total up all the assets that are at risk, it might reach a million dollars. I think that was ProGod taking a little poetic license in order to uh, get more readers. And it's funny, he did actually accomplish 1.1 million readers of an article about EVE Online inside of the Reddit, uh, I think it was Reddit slash gaming or R gaming, which is a different section, has a lot more viewers than just the EVE Reddit. Uh, and so that generated enough interest to get him an interview on the Canadian broadcast uh, system. So, uh, yeah, so we have a lot of people watching this that may be just kind of curious about what a battle looks like. 
it isn't very exciting to see. It's, psycho it's psychological. It's kind of like baseball, where if you know the statistics and you know the strategies, it's a m much different game than just watching somebody throw a ball towards a piece of wood. This has been very exciting to watch. Uh, I've been watching the uh, CCP Citadel trailer the entire time while watching the stream. I also have uh, been seeing a lot of comments in chat. I know that it, we have a lot of different groups that would have a lot of different opinions on it. Um, people are wondering what, who do we see projected to win at this point? Right now, I mean, for at least what I can see, it's it's kind of a slap fight back and forth because considering I can't see or we can't see what the rest is on field that's behind the camera, I do see two blobs at the very bottom corner of the camera. Uh, still a blue for or Imperium forces that are still uh, here without too many red that's there with them. But what do you what do you guys think? Um, who do you think would would be the outcome of this, or what would be the the benefit for either either side? It's hard to tell right now who's going to win, right? Because it's it's basically a login and attrition war right now, and it's too early on to to kind of see which side is getting tired, or even tell which side is having the more trouble logging in, right? Because that's kind of what it's going to come down to, I think, in a bit here. Yeah, I believe the login and DCs and all that's going to make a major change in who wins this one. Um, I DC'd, and it's been over 40 minutes, and I've still not made it back in. So, I mean, that's that's going to be a major factor, I do believe. Yeah, I'm in the same same boat there. At 38 minutes, still can't log in. So, I mean, if more side, like more guys on one side are getting to log back in sooner, then that's obviously going to sway maybe even the reshipping and how this is going to go. Yeah, and we also have like just of course reinforcements that are coming back in on both sides. I imagine too. We also have I've been seeing. Uh, Supers and Titans from both sides also, or not Titans actually on, on Imperium side yet, but on the NC dot. And These numbers are probably a lot of stuff coming back and forth from the desyncs as well, or disconnects. It's funny because you can watch local fluctuate like almost a thousand people up and down here once in a while, and, and most of that is disconnects. I don't think like, maybe a percentage of that is obviously kills, but I think most of it's coming from disconnects. Yeah, it's it's probably definitely a very different uh, percentage at this point. I mean, you'll probably have a huge huge chunk of people that are probably disconnects more so than the deaths at this point because of even when you do die it takes so long to get out of here I mean imagine trying to wait for your self-destruct timer on your pod just trying to get out of here too I think a lot of it is going to come down to as well um, you know the FC is keeping their fleets entertained right because obviously if you disconnect from the game you can still be in chat and if they whichever sides FC start getting frustrated first they start losing interest and that's obviously going to trickle down to alliance members and people will stop trying to log in because they'll be bored so whoever manages to keep their guys entertained, I guess, is probably going to end up taking it in the end. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to try to get Naiden in here. He is uh, editor, and uh, I believe he's in snuff. So we'll see if we can grab him in here. Uh, editor for Crossing Zebras, which is uh, kind of a magazine-style news site that talks about EVE. I almost kind of wish uh, CCP had, instead of this del server delayed message, if it was like when you call a call center and you're exit, like what number in line you are. Maybe that would keep people more interested in like waiting in the logging in screen. On my elevator music. Well, it's, yeah, just uh, some like nice calming music. You're currently 10,000 in line. Great. Well, <laughs> this is funny. And I, was, I wasn't... I wasn't aware of this, uh, but it wasn't a magazine or a newspaper that was interviewing Pro God. It was actually like their CNN. So 
uh, Pro God is there in a blue sports coat uh, against a neutral wall talking about Eve Online to uh, their anchor in uh, Canada. It's very, very interesting. He's actually on yeah, CNN just, right I now. Just watched it. It's quite what? Funny. He's got a nice little smirk on his face the whole time. Yeah. No, it's not <laughs> CNN. It's CBC, which I think is the Canadian uh, yeah. broadcast company. Well, what is that? Canadian broadcast company, or what is that? Something like that. I don't know. I don't. I don't really watch TV up here in Canada, but yeah, I think that's what it is. Pretty funny. <laughs> People are asking for the link. It was put in chat earlier, but the link, yeah, the chat's flowing so fast. Oh, you have the link for yep. Program on TV right in. now? Oh no, no, I'm not sorry. I'm not paying attention. <laughs> no, yeah, that's I goes. don't have that one. Yeah, people have dropped it in there. It's there. It's that on the money. CBC. Oh my goodness, this is actually happening. I'm surprised he hasn't got any hot wings with him. Chowing down yeah. on them while he's talking to them. They're probably just on the right side of the screen, not, not, just out of visibility. Uh, we'll try to get ProGod in here uh, post-interview, now that he's a celebrity. There's still quite a bit of movement. There's it looks like there's another um, looks like a jacked off fleet or a Cormorant fleet or something that's on the backside of the uh, the Keepstar again. I'm seeing a pretty similar symbol. I think it's actually a Cormorant fleet. Uh, Keepstar is down to eighty one percent. For those of you that's new to Eve and new to or that's not ever played Eve but happens to stroll across this and watch it, basically to break it down, the orange dots are fighting the blue dots, and we're trying to kill the big gray thing in the middle. In the best and easiest terms of understanding. <laughs> That's elegant. I uh, would also like to emphasize, this is not the way EVE Online generally looks. This is played with low settings so that the lag isn't bad for the camera. Uh, it's actually a very beautiful game. So things that look drab uh, don't look drab. They're shiny and textured. It's, it's a gorgeous game. And for those that, are, that have not played EVE or that happen to be watching that are kind of interested in the game, I've played this game since 2007. I've played several first-person shooters games. And this particular game grabs me like no other. There is no other game that has the complexity or the graphics that this game has. So what CCP has done with this game is unbelievable. Props and hats off to CCP. And I don't know of any other game you could ever do that would have 6,000 people in one system and be able to handle it the way it's handling it now, even though there's some lag in it. I mean, still, I don't know of any game that can do that. You think of it from even a, a general gaming standpoint, um, you have a lot of a lot of big game companies like you know like World of Warcraft and some of the other big ones like Guild Wars and stuff like that. Everything for them is very is split off and segmented and in very small servers. So you only have like a cap of maybe 1,000 or 2,000 players on individually in one server as a whole but you know, you got to think um this is this many players in one system let alone the whole entire rest of eve right now too so that's a that's a big difference in in how this game works versus a lot of other mmos for um people who don't play eve if you're interested in playing eve ccp the company who makes the game um a while ago they made a change so that you can play eve for free in an alpha state and um, it used to be that alphas couldn't really fly a lot of the big ships, but they or a lot of the um, ships. But they've changed that so that now, even though alphas can't fly capital ships, 
they are still able to be useful in a fight. So um, I believe it was Pandemic Horde earlier. They had a Scorpion fleet with uh, electronic countermeasures, which will jam people from locking. And that's a huge, huge help, especially in a fight like this, just because of how difficult it can be to lock someone back up. So when you start getting together hundreds, 200 of those alpha players who are able to jam people, it's a real nuisance and it can change the way that a fight is going. I'd like to welcome Naiden to the program for now. How are you doing, Naiden? I'm pretty tired, mate. Big news day, isn't it? Yeah, sure is. Oh, I, uh, I just, my client just crashed. And I think a lot of people are experiencing that. In these big fights, there's a lot of crashing and trying to get back in. So we'll see what happens. Was it accurate um, that not- we had about 900 people logged off, say, about half an hour ago or so, yeah? Uh, probably a little bit close to that, yeah. About, yeah, half hour, 45 minutes ago, we dropped. Uh, it was around the 5,500 range, and then it went down to just below uh, 5K, and then it's been still steadily dropping, but then it climbs back up and drops again. It's going to be the war of who can keep logged in will be who actually wins this one, I believe. Well, the uh, structure is now down to 80% of its structure. Uh, again, that is a number that needs to get down to zero before it explodes. But the more important number is the damage uh, that is being applied to it. it. has to be consistent in order to keep it from ticking away into invulnerability. And I believe that timer is... Uh, what's that timer at now, please? Uh, eight minutes and 45 seconds still. Right, so it's frozen in time. It's not going anywhere unless the damage falls, and then it'll start ticking away. And once that reaches zero, the structure goes into an invulnerability cycle and is saved. Just I think it's actually pretty interesting, even if it comes out um, or gets unpaused now. I'm kind of wondering if that that error we saw earlier, where the keeps or the timer was ticking at a really fast abnormal rate, it was much much faster than real time. And I mean, it dropped uh, close to five minutes in less than maybe a minute and a half, two minutes at most. So it dropped off quite a bit for just a short amount of time. Yeah, we heard it was going uh, faster than use, faster than actual time, which is interesting. And that's, I mean, strange things happen when the uh, system is taxed the way it is. Yeah, a bit and we are, obviously, a lot of things aren't working properly, but I'm actually a bit, it's be wrong to say maybe, but I'm a bit positively surprised at how many things are actually working. Obviously, I'm getting mixed reports from people that are on field right now, but you know, yeah, I mean, branching from, from super bad to to uh, actually people being able to engage stuff and move around. Yeah, I, I'm still logged in on on the grid here and and haven't you know touched wood. I haven't crashed yet, but um, obviously everything's exceptionally slow, uh, much much slower than ten percent of the speed of time, you know, normal time. I would say. Uh, I don't know if you guys have mentioned that, but obviously for a little. Like for new players, this is not the way it used to be. <laughs> Back in the day, the system would just break. Yeah, I mean it all it all scales because you know, back in the day as well, we would fight with instead of five thousand people in local. You know, I can remember being in a in you know the equivalent fight to what we're in now. You know, six years ago or something, a thousand people, I think maybe I don't something like that was in in local, and that was you know groundbreaking and things slowed down. Well, nowadays, you know, you can have a thousand people in local, 
and yes, you'll get time dilation, but it's it's not you know, it's not as uh, hampering as we're experiencing today, and uh, it's incredible to fight in a big battle like that. So I have an interesting question. Looking at the looking at the layout of the fleets, there are two sort of portions of these fleets that interest me. One is this sort of if you look at the fleets, there's an or orange blob in the middle of the carriers of the Imperium carriers. And there's one fleet on the left side, if you're looking at the stream perspective, that's kind of been pushing uh, forward all this time from uh, from the keep going towards the left. And I'm curious, you know, like I haven't been able to find out what those two f elements are doing. Does anybody uh, know? Uh, it could well be the fighter bombers from the Imperium and um, the superiority fighters from the, the north, um, you know, the northern group uh, engaging each other, basically. I think that's what it is. It's difficult to tell, though, you're right. Oh, are you talking about the side that's got the, it looks like a Macario fleet or a battleship fleet there on the left-hand side? Yeah, yeah, they've been pushing that direction oh, okay, this yeah, whole time, good. and I'm wondering what the objective is there, what, what are they trying to do? It looks like they pushed off the other Macario fleet, or the Imperium Macario fleet earlier. Um, it looks like there's still just a mix a mix of them still on grid there, but there's not quite as many as there was before. And there's quite a bit of um, fighters still actually pointed in that direction as well. So it looks like there's kind of a mixed defense there going against the Imperium forces. Uh, what is that in chat? Uh, Horde accidentally killed their whole Griffin fleet. Is that what, Did I read that right in chat? Looks like it. As, uh, supposedly the Horde killed the whole Griffin fleet with the PDS point defense system. <laughs> right, for those guys in chat, let's actually have, um, if you are not familiar with Eve, go ahead and X up in the chat and uh, it'll give us an idea of how much we need to explain. But if we're talking to veterans, which is what we assume, uh, we'll just keep the level at a, a, the level of discourse at, at a higher uh, degree. But yeah, so we'll uh, we'll have a look. Uh, well, actually, there's quite a few. That's quite a few. It's quite a few, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's actually um, things are ticking away. We will give you updates on what's actually happening on the field, but they are happening slowly. So what we'll talk about uh, for now is maybe a little bit of history of what led up to this fight. Uh, and I guess. I've been talking a lot, but uh, I'm probably the guy that knows it the best, but I'm, I'm wondering if somebody else could kind of tell us, at least on the north side or the south side, what, what actually led to this fight. I believe the initial start of it was um, with the, the hidden ghost fleet of the Imperium actually up here attacking uh, different targets. From what I've understood, this, this might not be the full story, but I've, this is only what I've heard second secondhand, because I am not in that SIG. But uh, there was a lot of attacks going on up here for different uh, strategic assets. And then it basically come up to where, where Asher was like, hey, let's, there's a Keepstar that's a little further south than should be. I think we should attack it. And I think the, quite literally the next few days after that is when the first, uh, the first attack happened on the initial shield timer. Um, when they came back on the, the first armor timer, there was quite a bit of, of defense going on for that. And uh, Imperium forces just let it repair, and from my understanding, let it repair, and reinforced it again because it still had a four-hour timer on it just after that. So there was definitely a lot of room there. And then after the that happened, we came, Imperium forces came back again for the uh, second armor timer after the the second reinforcement, and basically was able to go and reinforce it without any 
any resistance other than a, uh, I think it was a Comorant fleet that came on on grid that day, which was just last uh, Wednesday. All right, we're about to be joined by a CSM member, which is a Council of Stellar Management. Those are player representatives to the company, and that is C CSM Aerith. Uh, he is also one of the leaders of Goon Swarm, one of the leaders of the Imperium Coalition. When he comes on, he will help us explain this game to people who are interested in it. Uh, he does a very good job of breaking down uh, some pretty complex concepts. So if he gets a chance uh, to get in, we'll bring him in. Um, okay, so thanks, uh, Life Shifter, for bringing us up to speed. I want to go over, uh, I wrote an article about this on our uh, sister news site, Imperium.news. You can check out the article there. It's under Matt Terrell, uh, the author. And the story pretty much goes uh, from the south. Uh, there was, uh, uh, and actually we have Harvey here from the culture. Um, there was a, uh, an empire in the south, Delve, that um, is run by the Imperium that was manufacturing large uh, weaponry, the super capital ships that you're seeing at a fast rate. Uh, and they had an ally in a northern region uh, called Syndicate. But in between was a group called the Culture. And as long as the Culture ruled that area, they were not able to connect their empire, basically. But the Culture sold their uh, holdings to the Imperium, and that connected the industrial base of the South with the northern border, which is what we're fighting on now. Yeah, you had like two, two mega coalitions, basically. You know, the North and the South, divided by geography. Um, My Little Alliance, we were sort of nestled between the two um, in a kind of what we would call in, in EVE like a buffer region really um, and yeah I, I mean, we we decided the culture decided that we were not going to continue being the buffer we, we'd been there for two years and we wanted to do something different so we sold the holdings to the, the you know the southern the southern group uh, which you know was just a sort of one little step that led to where we are today and uh, you know the southern group took over uh, that buffer region and it and um it basically moved their border forward and uh, put them you know close to close to where we're fighting now basically uh, and then and then here we are they've uh, like life shifter was saying you know they noticed there was a keep star near them suddenly it was you know well within range and and you know, it wasn't unfeasible to think they could uh, leverage some of their their power that they'd been building up in the south and uh, start this conflict. And you know, now we're in it. Well, and, and the additional factor, uh, and we're going to throw it to Aerith in just a second. The original original factor was that uh, the the Australian time zone was doing very well uh, with small ships and small fleets in the uh, skirmishing area, which is the area that we're fighting in now. We're seeing this battle take place in. And so they asked for you know, the ability to use bigger fleets, uh, and that happened. And then Horde, uh, in order to defend themselves, switched their vulnerable time zone, which is the time zone that protects their structures, to a European time zone in order to get more effective help. But that also led to an opening for the Imperium to strike because they have a very robust time zone as well. Aerith, how are you doing? Just back from CSM Summit. How was it? How are you? Let's uh, oh, work out our push to button, to push to talk kind of stuff, uh, and then we'll uh, throw it back to you. 
Also brought in uh, Brohamo from Providence, uh, actually Severance. Uh, and uh, that was an area that was being assailed by PLNC before this uh, eruption happened. And they had to put their plans on hold in the south, pretty much, and come up here and try to fight back the Imperium. Brohamo, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? Good. Are you in this fight, by the way? Uh, I was with an ult, but unfortunately I got DC'd, and it's been like 25 minutes before I could even get on. I'm just staring at my screen right now, rapidly clicking my icon. Yeah, I had a friend who got back on after an hour, uh, so once you get knocked out, it's pretty rough to get back in, but it's, it is possible. Um, is it, uh, excuse me, just... Yeah. Is it me seeing things wrong, or did we just lose another 400 people in the past 10 minutes or so? It's hard to say. We don't have CCP to confirm anything right now. Yeah, so far the local has dropped another about 400 in the past 10 minutes or so. So it looks like there's still another wave of disconnects that have just happened. Maybe that's uh, a result of the uh, PDS firing off that we've heard multiple reports of uh, from the Keepstar. It wouldn't be from people leaving the fight. Um, probably a wave like that is definitely disconnects. Yeah, it would definitely be from the... Uh, just the, the amount of lag that that would cause because all those all those rush of transactions basically now we're getting reports that keepstar has dropped to 78 percent now under 80 percent it's on its way down as it's being destroyed it's not yeah. on its way up well with the server you never know <laughs> i was gonna say because i've been over an hour now and i'm still unable to log back in Aerith, are you able to talk yet He's, uh, okay, we'll give him a second to sort that out. I have an interesting story that I just heard. Go ahead, Naiden. It seems, well, unconfirmed, but I was told that perhaps um, goons may have uh, successfully put an infiltrator into a horde scorpion fleet and warped it straight away over to, uh, to the goon fleet. Not... That turned out to be wrong. Uh, sorry, the previous rumor was wrong. It was actually a, a someone who panics. <laughs> someone in Horde panicked Probably. and accidentally warped everybody off. Okay. But we don't know whether the, the Scorpion one might be a different one. And maybe those things got conflated. It's possible I'm like unconfirmed so far from my side. Uh, yeah, so when we reported there was a goon spy that warped off uh, a group of ships, uh, that was not true. It takes a while to get to the truth because uh, the people who know what's going on usually don't talk right away. Uh, and so what, what happened was that uh, uh, an inexperienced uh, guy got handed boss of the fleet and uh, I believe panicked and then warped the, the group off into a different direction. Really? The fog of war is real. And that makes sense. If you think about it, if you're a spy and you get control of a fleet, you warp it to your guys so that you can get that fleet killed off. Uh, this guy warped away, which doesn't make much sense. Well, if he warped it away, then it's out of the battle. Yeah, uh, but so everyone's have, uh... bloodthirsty. Everyone just wants kills. Right? Oh, I know that voice. Hey, Jack. Definitely warped it. Seven in uh, it looks like trying to wait for a relog back in here. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been waiting, Dirk? About half an hour. 
Uh, so there's a wave of killings there on the right-hand side of the screen. Trying to figure out what they actually got killed there and what killed them. Uh, yes, I'm, seeing... I'm actually noticing that blob actually, the the uh, red forces near the bottom of the Keepstar where we were originally seeing them uh, go after all the fighters. It looks like it's dropped substantially. I could be wrong from the angle that we've got. Um, apologies again, people that are in, in chat and whatnot. We can't, we're afraid to move the camera right now and afraid that we would get a disconnect and lose our uh, lose our view of the battle right now. But from the view oh, we've got, that's what looks like what's going on. You're saying that uh, the fighters we're seeing there in that area are able to actually engage those like battleships in the further, like the center bottom of the screen? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, so there earlier, we had there was a much, much larger um, red force, um, northern force that, that was there, and it looks like a lot of it either has just warped off or has been destroyed. Or disconnected. Interesting. I, I was under the impression, of course, that um, the northern forces were very much focused on killing off fighters, and I'm not sure how well that, that has been going. Well, if it's anything like uh, how long it's taking to shoot the subcaps, uh, you know, the smaller spaceships, it's probably going slowly. I yeah, I assume, I assume so. For about an hour. And obviously, like, uh, for people who aren't used to, to tie-dye, just targeting a very small ship, it takes a long time during 100%, like during normal time. In tie-dye, it takes uh, much longer before you can even acquire a small ship like a like a fighter. How about now? Yeah, there's Aerith. All right. 